All right, are we all set up? Yes. Awesome, okay. Hey everybody, welcome to Talking to Unicorns where you can take a second and unwind from work day and chat with tech professionals and maybe learn a couple things along the way. Today we have Fletcher Hill, a senior machine learning sorcerer at Twitter. I'm personally really excited to talk to you. How are we doing today, Fletcher? I'm doing amazing, I'm doing amazing, thank you. Awesome. So this is my first time doing this. Um, so I'm gonna spice things up a little bit, but basically how things are is, I have a couple questions for you and your career, and we'll just see where things go as our conversation goes. How does that That's perfect. I'm gonna dive right in. Um, quick fire, don't think too hard. Give me three words to describe your life right now. Say again? Give me three words to describe your life right now. Don't um, um, at peace, peace, happy, and thriving. Okay, good to hear. All right, so not everybody's familiar with your background. Um, how about you share a little bit about your story and how you've gotten to where you are today? Okay, so um, I was in the Marines um, for 20 years and half of my time in the Marines, I was a recruiter for the Marines. So that's how I initially got into recruiting. And then when I retired from the Marines, I went into tech recruiting. So I've been in tech recruiting for a little over 15 years. Um, I've done agency recruiting and I've done corporate recruiting for like the last five years. So, um, and I've recruited on everything, you know, from help desks all the way up to machine learning engineers, developers, project managers, PMs, business analysts. So, um, so definitely a very strong, well-rounded background in all areas related to recruiting. Um, uh, I was recently based, so I work for Twitter. I was recently based out of San Francisco and now I recently uh, relocated to North Dallas area in Texas. Thank you so much. Um, I just want to remind everybody in the comment, um, if you love the comment feature, pop in with questions. Um, I want to just leave them in throughout. Um, and if there's any leftovers that don't fit, we're going to take them at the end. Uh, yeah, thank you for sharing. Um, so we already touched on how you got started with recruiting uh, the Marine Corps. Um, but how about let's like, zoom all the way back now. Um, what does a typical work day look like? And uh, let's get like a pre and post COVID comparison. Um, well, pre COVID, I was going into the office uh, downtown San Francisco. I'm an early riser, so I would get in the office like around 6:37 in the morning, and immediately what I would do is obviously I reach out to a lot of people during the day via a variety of different sources. So. Obviously, over the course of the night, people will respond. So I would get in the office and look at all my responses on LinkedIn or wherever they came from and respond to those, respond back. And then I would look at my calendar, see what I have planned for the day, what meetings I have, what calls I have, who I have interviewing. Um, and then, you, you know, as everybody generally comes in the office a couple hours later, I'm already into my day. So, um, you know, I was just, 
proceed with recruiting and all things pertaining to recruiting, whether it's talking to candidates who just finished interviewing, prepping candidates for interviewing, um, going to meetings, um, things like that. And then, you know, I would take a break. You know, you got to take a break and refuel. Um, um, and then I would only take like about a 30 minute break because I like to kind of go to lunch right when it starts and then come back while everybody else is just going to lunch. So I kind of work against a lot of what the norms are with most people. So that way I can have that time by myself when I'm working and, you know, less distractions. And I generally work to five, six in the evening, um, depends on um, uh, what's going on. So that was uh, pre-COVID. Obviously since COVID, I've been working 100% virtual but pretty much the same schedule, you know, I like to get started early. You know, I do take my break middle of the day. And I mean, it's 740 almost where I'm at. So I just work until, you know, the work is done. Because, um, you know, candidates respond all times of the day. So it's not just really doing the times you're working. It's like whenever candidates get back to you, you know, I, whether I respond to them via email or via LinkedIn, you know, you, you kind of keep that going because the more contacts you can make, the more you can be active as far as recruiting is concerned. Okay. Yeah. Like I, I can totally see how um, that like really high response, like just needing to be just on all the time is a big part of recruiting, especially like in technical sourcing. Uh, yeah, because, you know, you have to do a lot of work to get <laughs> the desired result, right? I mean, because a lot of things happen along the process. I mean, a lot of candidates that I'm talking to, they're interviewing at a lot of different places. So you have to talk to a lot of people because not everybody is going to pick Twitter, right? right. Um, so you got to have enough people to where you get enough people that select Twitter, right? Um, it's a lot of competition out there. All right, next question. Uh, why are you doing this and not something else? Um, this has always been my my passion. Is like uh, I've been doing this for years in terms of, I mean, I've done multiple events since we've been in um, COVID, similar to this. And when people reach out to me and they want to, you know, you know, and ask me and invite me to these things, I'm always more than welcome because I feel like I have a good understanding of tech. I have a good understanding of what it's like in that industry. And obviously, you know, it helps other people, you know, really have a, a you know, I care about what messages and what gets shared with you guys to help you as you move forward in your careers. Could you tell me about a time that you felt especially satisfied with your work? Um, I mean, that's a lot of instances. Um, Cause you know, one thing about my job in particular is like, I know sometimes it's like you're helping somebody to get a job at Twitter, but I feel like it's way deeper than that. I mean, whether it's a young professional getting their first job out of college, whether somebody who's, you know, married with kids. I mean, you're really me, working with people to get jobs is so that they can live their lives. So I've seen a lot of instances where I placed somebody at a job 10 years ago and now they're a director. 
So I look at without me placing them in that one job 10 years ago, you know, they would have never gotten that opportunity to grow their career at that point and become what they are now. So my satisfaction is just, you know, you know, one success leads to other successes, right? So, I mean, you build relationships. Um, I mean, I learn a lot from people just talking to people because it is a people business, right? So I think my, what I'm most proud of is I feel like I've helped a lot of people achieve their success just by giving them an opportunity you know, to get the job that they wanted to get. But yeah, that, that is a huge thing. I personally um, work in talent acquisition too. So that's a, that's a piece that just keeps on rewarding like at every step along the way. So I totally relate to you on, on that. Yeah. Um, what makes Twitter different than past companies that you've done similar work at? You know, obviously things are timing, right? So like I was at some companies, you know, when I was younger and, you know, so I think Twitter's a great place for the culmination. I kind of call it the culmination of all my experiences. I think I'm finally at a place where, you know, we have a huge platform, you know, Twitter is a huge platform. And I've always felt like a lot of times the companies can really have, the company that you work at can really have an impact on you your ability to really do your job really well. So obviously Twitter has a strong presence. I mean, it's a, I still consider it a small company. It's like four to five, four to 600 people. The culture is amazing at Twitter. It's probably the best culture in tech. And a lot of people and the numbers will, will vouch for that. And just an amazing leadership, you know, from, you know, Jack Dorsey all the way down. I just think it's people who really embody you know, the Twitter culture, helping people, you know, having a voice and, you know, I mean, everything really goes back to like the platform. It's like, you know, it gives people an opportunity, uh, you know, give a voice to the voiceless, you know, it's a place where people can go and get information. So yeah, it's just a, it's a good culmination of all the places that I've worked at. I felt like everything finally came together. like that's that's really great to hear especially because i wanted to talk a little bit more about people who might be interested in starting a career you know going down your path I mean, twitter has its unique place um so what what kind of advice would you give to someone who wants to enter um the recruiting space or job job function especially technically um, well, there's a lot of companies out there. I mean, one of the very first companies that I started with, um, you know, a lot of companies do take people right out of school, right? Because they feel that it's an opportunity to train you, you know, and kind of bring you along the way that best suits their company and their environment. So I think it's always been a, you know, a great opportunity to get in right when you get out of school. I mean, obviously you got to, you know, you got to apply, you got to interview, and they don't really expect you to have a lot of experience when you first start. You know, they just want to see the potential. So when you go to the interview or you talk to people, it's your excitement about the opportunity to do it, right? You're not going to know everything, but, you know, if you're excited and they feel like, you know, they can help train and teach you a lot of things, then there's an opportunity. So I would definitely, you know, 
I mean, a lot of companies hire people right out of school or junior recruiters or sourcers. Um, um, and again, there's so many opportunities now. I mean, IT recruiting is biggest, bigger than it's ever been. I mean, there's so much hiring. There's always new startups coming all the time. So, so I would say, you know, reach out to those companies. You can go online. You can go, you know, on LinkedIn and find out who's the recruiter for those specific companies. Um, now, now timing is a little bit different. Not as much internal hiring going on due to COVID. But there's still some opportunities out there. I would say it's not as many as it was pre-COVID because companies are really balancing how much hiring they want to do right now. But I would say, you know, reach out to these um, one, reach out to you know recruiters or recruiting managers just at these companies. Number two, during COVID, go to all these virtual events. A lot of these companies are still ha having virtual events for, for op, op openings at their company. So I would say definitely, because that way you're able to get some FaceTime, even though it's virtual, you'll be able to, you know, meet some people that way. Um, and then network when possible, obviously. Okay, yeah, that's, that's definitely some good tips to start off with. Um, how about a little bit on the other side? What's something that people tend to overlook, perhaps, when they're trying to break into this field? It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, and you don't really get to control a whole lot. I mean, it's the people business, right? So. I can talk to Jerry today and Jerry's like really interested in the job. And then over the course of two weeks, Jerry decides, yeah, I don't want to, um, I don't want to pursue the role anymore. So I think people overlook that is a lot of work and it's a people business and people change their minds. Um, there's a lot of other, a lot of competition out there. Um, so I would say those are probably some of the key things I think people overlook. It's just a lot of hard work. You got to make, you got to be really committed. You got to make a lot of phone calls. You got to reach out to a lot of people. You got to talk to a lot of people. And it could be, you know, it can be frustrating if you're doing all that and the results don't, you know, aren't, doesn't match the effort, but you just got to stick with it because over time you build it and then it becomes, you know, I would say a little bit easier. Yeah, that, that is definitely something that I've uh, gotten from mentors and the industry and things like that. It's, it's a job that takes grit and uh, you can't take things too personal. Right? Yeah, it's a people business for sure. And, you know, and that's what I feel like too is like I've never had a challenge with that aspect because just like me doing these events. I'm always comfortable talking to people and I try to connect with people and you know, whether put them at ease or be an advocate for them or you know, being knowledgeable about what you do helps you because people are more willing to work with you. They're more willing to listen to you. So um, I think those are little things that can definitely help you along the way. Just another reminder guys, um, please, Keep some questions coming. You're, you know, you're in the presence of a really, really experienced and intelligent guy. Uh, I'd love to get some questions from the audience to, you know, keep things moving along. Um, but if not, um, I'm gonna keep going with that. 
what's one part of your job or the tech industry in general that nobody seems to really be talking about? <sighs> what's part that nobody really seems to be talking about? Um, mm, nobody really seems to be talking about. You can skip if you want. Um, there's a lot of movement. I would say people are moving from company to company, right? Um, you know, back in the day, you would see people stay at a company for five, six, seven years. You don't see as much of that anymore. Normally, like two years, two to three people are moving. It's for a variety of different reasons. They're moving because you know, maybe they're not getting promoted up, moving up the ladder like they want to. It could be they want to go somewhere, different environment, maybe a different technology stack. Um, and obviously, <laughs> a lot of times when you move job, you get to get more money. So if you stay in one place, you know, you kind of at that company, you do get increases. But when you go to a new place, if they really want you, they willing to give you probably a better deal than you're going to get at your current place at that moment. So I think those are some of the things that uh, people probably don't talk about as much, but there's a lot of movement um, with, you know, within the market from one company to another. Yeah. And, 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 and like, that's something that on a recruiting standpoint, you really need to like stay on top of, you know, yeah. And, you know, as you become more knowledgeable in the industry, you can and when you look at people's profiles, you can see, you know, like where do they go from one with one company to the next? And you kind of start to understand why they went there. What were they doing different technology wise from one company to the next? You know, did they move up or did they stay the same? So all these things you start to figure out, you know, over time, by looking at endless Profiles. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a question from Karina Karamia. Um, well, first, before I ask, um, it, are you working remotely right now um, at, at Twitter? Yes, everybody's really much remote right now. All right, so she asks, do you find it more beneficial to work in the office versus remote? <sighs> You know, before COVID, I would have said, I mean, because I would go into office five days a week and I could have worked from home two, three days a week. But yet I used to go into office five days a week. So I just enjoyed that structure, that routine of getting up, get out the house and going, going to work. I thought it, you know, it was good. Um, but nothing has really changed in my work since I've been um, remote. And, you know, when you when you're forced to do it, you start to find reasons why you like it. Right. Um, so. I still think I get the same amount of work done, you know, working from remote, you can have less distractions because, you know, when you're in the office, you know, people talk to you people ask you questions and, you know, you start talking to somebody about the game last night or what you heard here or there. So I do feel like less distractions. Um, working remote. So um, to better answer the question, what do I prefer? I think at this point, I'm preferring working remote. 
But, you know, it requires a lot of discipline, you know, because you have to control your your day, you know, and you got to get done what you're supposed to do. And I think some people work better when, you know, they're around their bosses and some people can still do the same work when they're, you know, working on their own. So it definitely requires a lot of discipline. Yeah, for sure. Like this is a climate that really takes like a lot of self-knowledge um, and also just like from a managing standpoint, like trusting your employees to like know themselves well enough. I think, you know, and like Twitter was really already talking about remote, like work anywhere, work for Twitter anywhere because of some of the things you just said, because we don't really feel like if, if you, if you got to micromanage people or if you can't trust people to get the work done, then you're probably hiring the wrong people. Right. So we had already been thinking about having 50% or more of the Twitter workforce working remote. So, you know, the COVID thing just kind of pushed us even further into that direction quicker. Um, but I think, you know, as with a lot of companies, you find out that, you could do a lot of things the same without being in the building. So, yeah. All right. Well, we don't have a whole lot of time, but I want to get through any audience questions. Um, so let's try and get these couple kind of quicker answers. Okay. Uh, first, we have Araya Townsend. Um, she is asking, what was the hardest part about getting a job at Twitter? Um, the hardest part to get a job at Twitter, I was saying, I would say <laughs> negotiations. <laughs> I've been doing it a long time, so just you know, negotiating, you know, the interview and all that was challenging, but I was up for. I would say negotiate, making sure I was happy with, you know, everything. And we have Juan Vasquez. Um, he has a question too. Um, similarly about a challenge, what is the most challenging thing that you had to adapt to while you were on Twitter? Um, I would say, you know, you know, every, a lot of these companies use different tools for tracking candidates and, and then the pace at Twitter was faster than where I came from. So I would say those are probably just, you know, learn the new tools and how they operate and just the pace of things, you know, it's, you know, it was definitely a faster pace from where I came from. So I would say those are probably two things that immediately come to mind. All right. I have a couple questions that I just want to just ask more about like your kind of personal touch and personal brand in your work. Um, how do you leave your personal brand on the work that you do as a machine learning sorter? Um, one of the things I've also talked about is like, you first of all you got to be knowledgeable of your space so like when people feel like when because you talk to so many people i think a lot of times immediately when you get on the phone with somebody they sense like your knowledge and your expertise in that space so um and i'm very consistent you know like i you know i show up the same way all the time you know on time you know ready to work just consistency. People remember not what you do randomly. They remember what you do consistently. So I think that's a big key for me. And um, always lean in, you know, like always look for opportunities to add value, um, whether that be 
you know, feedback to someone or sharing an example, you know, ask, ask, asking questions that other people may have, but they don't ask. Um, um, but those are probably the key things I say about, and it's very important because you should never be surprised what people think about you. If you're surprised, then that means your brand is not as it should be. Um, so how about like things that you do to kind of keep your knife sharp? How do you stay on top of your game and push yourself and your craft as, as a creator and sorcerer? Um, so I participated in the interviewing and hiring process at Twitter for, you know, sourcing and recruiting. So every time I talk to other sourcers and other recruiters, I always try to see if there's something that I can learn, you know, for myself, because no one person knows everything. Um, you know, you, you just learn so much by like doing so like, um, you gotta always be like reading articles or, um, you know, all the latest news in the tech industry, what's happening with companies who's laying off. I just think you always gotta be well-versed in the space that you're in. Um, and, you know, I think from a candidate perspective, how I stay shop is the more people you talk to who performs machine learning, the better you get because every time you have a conversation with somebody, maybe you can learn something or pick something up. Um, and, and I think the other thing is I always know that there's other young, hungry people coming behind me. So I continue to run, you know, a good race. That, that's an awesome question. Um, we have just a couple minutes left. I want to get through um, the other audience questions before we wrap up for the night. Uh, Faith Clive, uh, she asks, how do you see this job changing in the next 10 years? Crazy to think, like Twitter's yeah. not even around for a much longer than 10 years, so. Yeah, well, one thing we already kind of see, I feel like it's gonna be way more virtual, way more remote work. I think that's going to be the new thing going forward. You've already hearing some companies not even having people come back in the office till the middle of next year, right? So I think that's going to be a change. Um, I think a lot of what happens, you know, I mean, I think of Twitter, it's like there's always new challenges, right? So, you know, bots and like, it's just always new change. What's happening in the world is gonna determine a lot about what's going on in the next 10 years. So I think, you know, you gotta be forward thinking and you gotta be ahead of the curve from a technology standpoint. Um, um, yeah, I just think, um, yeah, it's gonna look way different than it looked today. Except for the remote part, I think that's going to be probably more pronounced than ever. Yeah, that is for sure. We've definitely had a lot of just up to the surface, and we can kind of see how preview of our future. Um, and then the last question, um, I can't take any more for today. Uh, Joshua Cambry asks, uh, "What do you believe is Twitter's key strength in the recruiting space?" So I kind of um, interpret this as like. Twitter as a company, but also Twitter as a platform? Well, as a platform, I think we have a lot of reach, right? So like a lot of people go 
to the platform. So again, it's like visibility. I think it gives us a lot of visibility, you know, good, bad, or indifference about what sometimes happened on the platform. I think it gives Twitter a lot of visibility. Um, I think one of the key strengths with us is that we're still small enough to where you have more of an impact. Like, you know, we hire and recruit a little bit different than the bigger companies where Twitter, you interview for specific roles at Twitter. Whereas other companies, you may interview for the company and then they match you with the team afterwards. I think um, one of the strengths of Twitter is that you get to interview with the people that you're going to be working with. So I do think that's a key strength today. Well, thank you so much for your time. Um, before we wrap up, I just want to ask, like, are there any last minute quick questions anybody has for Fletcher? Anything, anything. I'm more than welcome to, to, to share anything. If not, uh, Fletcher, are there any questions you think I should have asked but didn't? Um, no, I think y'all did a great job of covering a lot of the, the, the important things. I would just say is, you know, um, there's a lot of great opportunities out there. You just got to get out there. You got to connect with the right people and keep shopping your tool. You know, uh, I'm sure Chasing Unicorns does a lot of things with like resumes and your LinkedIn profile. All those things are the initial reactions to when companies, when people reach out to you. So I would say make sure those things are definitely, you know, in good shape when you're putting yourself out there for new opportunities. Um, one more last question. I think that's the last one I can take. Um, Hema, she asks, you stated that companies do hire and train candidates with little to no experience. Do you have any advice on your application not making it to the interview process? Yeah, and I know that happens a lot because you do get a lot of resumes. So again, I think sometimes in this case, it's just there's so many resumes that get submitted for these entry-level jobs. And that's why I feel like you gotta go to all these little events, right? Because a lot of these events are merely to attract certain talent. So I feel like entry-level, those events are gonna give you a better opportunity. Um, I know it's tough because we have jobs posted and you know, you'll get two, 300 applicants. And I know sometimes but also you gotta apply for the right roles. You know, if you're looking for entry level roles, then those are the roles that you should be applying for. Because if you're looking for roles that are not entry level, you're certainly gonna get a, a you know, rejected pretty quickly. Um, so I would say, make sure you're targeting the right roles for entry level. You know, and a lot of these companies have new grad programs or intern programs or a lot of different programs. So I would say, I mean, diversity is a big thing in these at a lot of these companies, including Twitter. So connect to these different events that's going on. Um, you know, you can find out on, you know, the website where events are taking place, attend those events and apply to the appropriate jobs. I would say those would be some of the key things. All right. Well, thank you so much for, for your time chatting with us. This was such a great you know, chat with you and I feel like we've learned a lot. I've learned a lot. Um, yeah, it's amazing. Anytime. You guys can reach out to me anytime. 
I'm more than welcome to come back and help out in any way I can. Perfect. So uh, I want to leave you with a little couple, 15 seconds to promote any personal products you have, shameless plugs, and how we can stay in touch with you going forward. Yes. So feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn, Fletcher Hill. Then there's two Fletcher Hills because my son is also a recruiter. Um, um, so Fletcher Hill, reach out, you know, connect on LinkedIn. Um, and, um, you know, anything I can do to help you do is send me a message. Um, I'll do what I can. Um, and if you ever want me to like, you know, advice, you know, like look over your resume, look over your profile, whatever, just send me a message through LinkedIn and I'll be more than welcome to take the necessary time to, to help you guys out. Um, Twitter, you. Twitter, get a Twitter account, tweet, 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 tweet. tweet. All right. Well, again, thank you so much. It's been so much fun talking with you. And um, that's a wrap. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs>